Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945. This is a podcast from Minute Media. The White Sox stay alive in one of the greatest atmospheres ever at Guaranteed Rate Field. On to game four. Looks like it'll be rained out today, but that was amazing. DeWindy City White Sox podcast with the King, Mo, and Courtney coming right up. One Bears thought for you. Justin Fields is a very, very tough rookie, and he should not have been on that field. Protect Fields from himself when he hyperextends his knee. But the Bears win 3-2. and two. How about it? Unbelievable sports day in Chicago. White Sox staying alive. The park, huge alive. And uh, some questions to answer here, but let's celebrate a playoff victory. The Windy City Podcast, White Sox Podcast, starts right now. Showtime. Woo! If it isn't my favorite people. I'm a little horse today, baby. Little horse today. Yeah, I would like just on-site accounts of one of the greatest nights in White Sox history. Certainly the best night in 13 years, at least. Right? Anybody? At least. And I heard it was way better than the last blackout which I didn't have the opportunity to attend. My favorite point last night is when Tuve looked at me because you know how intimate my seats are. And I looked at him and I said, El Tuve, and he could hear me because you guys have sat there with me before when I, and I'm quite boisterous. And I said, El Tuve, blow me. And he definitely, he gave a, he gave a head nod. And I said, no, you blow me, you cheater. And that was my highlight of the night. <laughs> I hate that little person. I hate him. Now that is an aggressive start here. Can anybody top that, Courtney Mo? I, we we uh, we got off to a rough start with uh, a little car accident, but uh, no, it was it was amazing. I, I'm so glad I went. Uh, amazingly enough, I got to sit right one row behind Courtney. And, and her dad and that just enhanced it but the crowd was just electric all game uh it was amazing experience and that was yeah. by chance you guys didn't know you're sitting next to each other that was just by ticketing chance correct baseball gods oh my god is that great section row please uh let's all paint a visual here 534 i was in six courtney was in five that's unbelievable that is unbelievable. That's great. Oh, I'm, I'm a little, I'm, I'm very, very hoarse as well, King. So I'm right, I'm right there with you. Um, <clears throat> I'm a little disappointed that you didn't say that was a highlight of your night sitting by me, Mo. I'm not going to lie. I'm disappointed. You, you know, I, I do have two kids. So me, me getting to ex- let them experience their first Sox playoff game last night was, was the highlight. But it was, you were right behind it, though, Courtney. And his wow. kids 
wonderful, wonderful people, by the way. Mo has raised two really wonderful children. My wife gets all the credit for that. I, I get the credit for them being Sox fans, but that's about where it ends. You know, speaking around, uh, about wonderful people, how about that, that managerial effort last night? Almost <laughs> damn near perfect. Tony La Russa coming in, taking pitchers out at the right time, putting them in at the right time, pinch hitting, do whatever he had to to win that game, putting a ball club out there that could swing the bat and hit and have 16 hits. Boy, was that nice to see. Well, he virtually blew game two, so it was nice that he came back from that. I was going to ask, King, what grade do you give him in game two? And what do you give him? I guess you give him an A for last night. So what do you give him for game two in the whole series I, I, you in general? You know what? I was, I was disappointed on some things. And uh, so I, I think, you know, I, I, it's not an A. Let's put it that way. And, and I'm, I'm, I'm full Tony. And, you know, the thing that cost us in game two and almost last night and game one are walks. We cannot walk batters. Every walk we put on the base, they score. They're too damn good to walk those hitters. Fully agree. And walks make me crazy anyway. But walking a good team like the Astros, it's, it's just not a recipe for success. Luckily, the Sox have been very good at home offensively. So they were able to keep up with the Astros. But game four, game five cannot do that. Just cannot do that because Astros will come and bite you in the ass. So we're recording at 9.51 in the morning uh, on Monday. The game is at 2.37 today, so let's just call that. We'll give ourselves the benefit of the five-hour doubt here. It's actually four hours, I can do this math, and 46 minutes from now. How many minutes into the game is Carlos Rodon going to last today? And maybe even if he goes five, like how do the White Sox back him up? I think that's the biggest question going into game four. Well, I think part of it, too, is, you know, weather depending this game goes on today and almost it might be a benefit if it does get postponed to keep Rodon an extra day of rest. As far as um, who backs him up, Mo and I were kind of speculating that last night. And I don't know, for me, game five has to be Giolito again. Um, as far as game four, maybe you put in a Lance Lynn behind Rodon, depending on what goes on. I don't know. It's going to depend. If it gets rained out, do you sit Rodon and throw Lynn? I think you do. That's a good question. That's also a good question. It's a very good question. Yeah. Lance Lynn at home. Lance Lynn at home. I like those odds a lot better. Um, that's, that's a very good question, King. I don't know. I, I think if, if the Sox are going to throw Rodon in four, I think you go with him and you know, whether it's today or tomorrow, um, just because Lynn just his, his numbers against Houston have, have not been good. Uh, Courtney, maybe he is better at home. I, I honestly don't know, but I think he is um, a little, I mean, minute mate is really where he has his yeah. major issues, but, um, you know, Lance Lynn at home has been pretty good, but yeah, he does have very concerning numbers against, um, Houston, but Rodon is a lefty and Houston absolutely kills lefties. So it's, there's a lot of concern here all around. Hey, can, we, can we give a shout out to uh, Ryan Tapera? I was I just mean, going yeah. to. That he's, was... my new, he's my new boyfriend. I was just going to say that. I'm falling in love head over heels for a cubby. I can't believe Ryan it. Tapera. I can't believe wait, it. Wait, he's, he's, a, he's a Sox now. He is he's a, a Sox, Sox now. now, but it's ridiculous. He is. He was sick last night. Sick. He was, he was exactly what third. we needed. 
Sorry, Courtney, go ahead. Go ahead, Matt. Sorry. Um, no, Alliance... you... go, ahead. go ahead. No, no, go ahead, you, ladies first. You got it. Uh, we were doing this all night last night. It's good memories. <laughs> I got to um, I got to butt in and just say I can't believe the Courtney just called you Matt. That was this is like the, the, the relationships at a whole other level. No more Mo. This is big to me to para and bummer. You know, I've been yelling about the bullpen pretty much all year, but bummer and to completely stepped up last night, right? when We needed them to. I mean, that was gigantic to see they, those guys to me were the co-MVPs of last night. hundred percent. Totally agree. That was, I mean, to was amazing. It was, you know, you <laughs> figured you could get one inning out of them, but, but two with three strikeouts, uh, you know, you brought up, Everyone brought up the walks before, you know, C said three, Kopech had one, and then Tapera comes in, nothing, bummer, nothing. Kimbrough came on, Hendricks, it was Hendricks. Uh, that was exactly what, what the Sox needed. And and to answer your question, Mark, I don't know that you can throw Tapera, I don't know if it, maybe a batter or two, bummer, probably the same. But other than that, I, I think, you know, Kopech, no. But other than that, you've got your full bullpen. I'd still use Lopez if you need him. I mean, I think you got to if, if Rodon can't give you five quality innings. You, you need... I, still think, I still think Crochet is the most reliable person in that pen. I still think that. Wow. Even after last night. I did and not. I think, I think a lot of Sox fans overlook Crochet, myself included, because I've been concerned about his velocity being down. But look at his numbers. His numbers have been great this year. I just did not like it was I think the worst move that that Tony's made in the whole series is you throw crochet in game one. That's fine. And then he's the first guy out of the pen the next I day. Agree. Like, I agree. Like what in the world was going on in the mindset there? That was just bizarre. But look, to para the fact that he's coming over the top and calling the Astros cheaters again in 2021. I did not see that coming, and I do wonder. It's the playoffs; you can't be throwing at guys and whatnot. But clearly, there are some conversations going on behind the scenes because Ryan Tapera didn't come up with that on his own. So, a, I don't know if it's, and none of us know if it's happening. B, Mo, was it you or somebody was pointing out to me that the White Sox were doing a the way they were giving signs in Houston? They thought it was going on in the moment. This is so. So they're out in front of it. They're still paranoid about it. And maybe it is. Uh, so I, I don't, you know, obviously. Well, I, I actually have heard rumblings from others that people do think the Astros still have cheating abilities at home. I have heard that from many inside people. You know what, but you know what? I was surprised when I saw that. Um, mainly because you could look at the White Sox with their home record and, and ask the same questions, right? Because Sure, there's home cooking and all that good stuff, but I mean the Sox are a much better team at home, so somebody could easily ask the same questions. Well, um, and, at the, and, at the and end why the give day, them a why give them the bulletin board material? You know what I mean? Like it, I, it was. I was disappointed when I saw it. I mean, he pitched great, so you know maybe he felt it needed to be said. But I loved it. I loved it. They're cheating, fucks. <laughs> I say stick him, stick him right between the eyes, and and just keep throwing hard. I love this. I love this. Dusty Baker, the worst dressed manager in baseball with that mask and those gloves. You don't need gloves. Come on. What are we talking about here? He said, okay. 
He's seventy-two. I don't care. He also had he also had prostate cancer. It doesn't matter. Go look at medically. Read something. Like I said, he's a dumb manager. You know, there's not a guy out there wearing gloves. He wore gloves. They look like mittens. It's ridiculous. Can I ask you for King and Carmen? Because I was with Courtney and and we experienced it. What was what was your takes on? Tony in the eighth inning with two outs going to bring in Kimbrell. Well, hang on, Mo. Hang on. I want to touch on the Astros thing for a minute here, and then okay. we'll get to that because that is important. Um, at the end of the day, the Astros still scored six runs last night. Let's not forget that. And you can't really cheat good defense, and you can't really cheat um, strategic bullpen management, which Dusty, except last night, has done. Um, the defense is still really good with Houston, which is something we've always struggled with. And again, they still scored six runs. So let's not overlook the Astros that much and call them cheaters. They're doing much more than just cheating. They're a damn good. They're a great team. They're a great team. And they're they're a damn baseball team. They're not. It's not an either or. It's a both and. They're a great team and they're cheaters. Now, Mark, back to the Kimbrough question. And by the way, I just got an interesting text. They're considering postponing this game. Move forward. Yeah, well, the it's a 70% chance, or 40%, at least last time I looked at two, and then 70% as the day goes along. I do think a postponement post uh, benefits the White Sox because of the heavy use of Bummer and Tapera last night. Uh, the Kimbrel thing, I thought AJ, you guys were at the park, AJ called it out on the broadcast beautifully. Actually, it was, and it wasn't even AJ, it was Adam Wainwright. And he was like, I don't get it. And maybe they were both in on it. Wainwright's biggest beef was he didn't even think that the trade made sense because when you have two guys like that who both want to be closers, it doesn't fit well. And guys, you mean, everything, you mean everything that I've been saying since day one? Perfect. Thank you, Adam. Yeah, you and Wainwright are, are riding side by side. And, um, you know, we only needed Courtney to say it, but hearing it from Adam Wainwright was, was pretty interesting last night on the broadcast. So con- confirming Finnecombe's take. They were, they were both confused. Why do you have them both up? Like, you don't, if you're going to, you know, it just seemed, it seemed to me that Tony was trying to placate Kimbrell uh, <clears throat> by, by having him up in the eighth when really you could have just gone to Hendricks and ride it to the end. But that being said, and also once they took a huge lead, I thought you just leave Kimbrell out there and keep Hendricks even. Fresher. I actually thought that too. I thought that might've been a move, but he, but by the time it had happened, Kimbrell was already in his hoodie and Hendricks is fine to throw whatever he threw last night, which was not a lot of pitches, and come back today, and then you've got another off day, and plus the rainout, so it really didn't matter. But at the end of the day, this is a really long answer. I thought that he pitched Kimbrell to try to give him a little bit of a boost of confidence, not completely shade him, because ultimately they will need him at some point. Amen. I thought it was the best move you possibly could do in the context of winning five, you know, winning this in five and playing uh, Boston hopefully next and then playing probably uh, L.A. So if, if you're going to have, if you're going to have, oh, if you're going to win a World Series, Tony was playing for that World Series and get uh, building Kimbrough's confidence. So Come yeah. on, we need the guy. So yeah. according, yeah. according to King, the playoffs are already set. It's going to be Boston, and that's going to be the Dodgers. That's interesting because I don't really agree with that. But, you that's know. Right. Well, and, and also to, to King's point, and this is seemingly at least part of Tony's I don't know if the word is issue or the confusion to how he's managed the series. It's like he's looking out to the future rather than 
what is the best move for this very moment right now? And it's, it's been curious and even, and, and nobody agrees with me on this, but I'd still rather have Dallas Keuchel on this roster than not have him uh, active right now, especially with the way the, the, you know, the thing is working out. You know, I know he hasn't pitched great against Houston. I know that Houston kills lefties. I know all of it, but I, I still think he belonged on the roster and it, it with the Rodon situation. And now, I mean, Dylan Cease, good God. I mean, you, you were phenomenal in the first inning, then didn't look, you know, at the least bit ready to pitch in the playoffs. They're still in the same spot that they were last year looking for a third starter, which is not good. Well, and we have to assume that Kopech is going to be in the rotation at some point next year. With that being said, though, they absolutely need to go out and get another starter. They're not, they're not going to re-sign Rodon, and they have the perfect excuse not to re-sign him unless he's on the cheap. Um, they need to go out and get a bonafide starter and maybe figure out right field and obviously figure out second base. Right, but they shouldn't be in this position right now. I agree. I agree. I agree. But I, I want to go back to the positive. When it, it was 5-1 last night, and I was driving from WGN after doing the Bears post game over to NBC, got to spend 10 minutes on TV with Pat Boyle while you guys were uh, leaving the ballpark and or hugging each other at the park, which is uh, – just a sweet, sweet moment that I hope you all remember. But I was outside the Hampton Social, and I'm watching – I'm listening to the two-run homer go out on Kopech, and then I'm watching the bottom of the third as I'm changing from radio close to TV close, and I'm like, first of all, I don't uh, – there was uh, Chicago City parking. Like, I didn't want to leave my car until 9 o'clock. And then, B, I'm standing there. I'm like, maybe this is the lucky spot here. Yasmani, it's the two-run homer, and then Leuri, you know, comes up a little bit later. But I, I literally think that Grandal saved the series. Oh, well, by far, like by they, far. They, they needed, and Tony said, like the attitude, you know, the attitude of the dugout was long game, long game. That's fine, but they needed a shot in the arm so bad, and and, he, and it was just, it was, and the beauty, a beauty about that. The reason he did save it is because he fought like a street rat. On that, uh, uh, in that uh, at bat, you know, he he took that to I think he took it to three two with a couple foul balls and he put that thing barely in the seats and that changed the momentum of everyone's confidence. It was when, wonderful when it was fi- when it was five one. Who thought it was over? I did not. I did I not. Did. I did not. Somebody somebody texted me and he said because I it was at three one and they. Uh, they text me, of course, oh, see, it looks like same old cease and everything else. And I said, three runs isn't going to win this ball game. And then it went up to five. And he, and I, and he said, well, is five going to win the ball game? I said, nope. And then I texted him back and, at, at the end of the game. I said, 12 is. <laughs> but well, you're, you're in your own corner. Mo, did you think it was over? Because I literally think that 99% of Sox fans did think it was over at that point. I will tell you with all of the energy, the Sox fans had, it, it, it was pretty quiet until that home run. It, it, the Astros had definitely taken away the, the energy and the momentum uh, quite a bit. Um, my, my concern was we'd given up five. We were already on our second pitcher and it was like, how are we going to hold them even if we can come back? Right. Cause at, at what point? Um, but yeah, I mean, th- that was a huge shot in the arm. And then obviously Garcia with, with, with the bomb, you know, trying to do the Jim Tomey act and, and doing it well. Uh, that was, it was amazing. And, and it just, that inning was, was just tremendous. And, and it totally, you know, got the fans and everyone going. 
and then again the bullpen came on and just amazing right it, but first they gave it back to make it six six and i'm like is this the one blip to where you were going there mo like there's no way they're gonna hold it right and i'm like can you get a shutdown inning one time once you take the lead like let let the team breathe which they haven't been able to do all series long after Kopech, though mark after Kopech, that one hit 16 no. in a row 16 yeah. it was amazing. beautiful yeah it was beautiful just like you two you, you three Mark, I was, I was going to say those two, and then I wasn't going to add you, but you being such a beautiful Sox fan that you are, it's us three, it's us four. I, I'm just excited about today. I got to go right now because I got to get on another call. And uh, But my God, let's keep it positive. Let's keep it positive, and let's get all of us will be out there, correct? Mo, you going to be there today? I, I yep. will. Yep. Courtney, you're going to be there. I know Carmen's going to be there. I'm going to be there. You know, let's let's bring this victory home. I wish I could speak longer, but I've probably already spoken too much on this cast and I got to go. But God bless America and God bless the White Sox. Thank you, King. Appreciate your contribution. Um, We'll we'll wrap it up without you here. And we're not going to go too long because I know everybody's got busy things going on here. But um, I will just say if the King is still here and King, I hope you don't mind me sharing this. All right. Um, King had his four tickets last night. He went with two of his closest friend and he left the fourth seat open for his, his wife and, um, put her hat and other clothing on the chair, which I think is one of the sweetest gestures in the history of baseball. And I was thinking about your wife last night and was thinking like, this is just a, uh, uh, there's something going on above. And I was also thinking of, uh, Another great Sox fan who's who's good friends with um, with uh, well was good friends with with, with Reinsdorf back in the day and, and and one of my good friends you know you know Rob Gins yeah and his his dad passed away this year and I'm thinking to myself like there's that that was uh, like you guys went through a journey to like the season dead like and and here comes like this huge ray of sunshine so I just thought it was beautiful well <laughs> I'm gonna get emotional what. She'll be there today. No, that same seat will be empty today. That's beautiful. Get a win, You're brother. the man, King. You're the man, King. See you later. That's awesome. Love you, King. Team, I look forward to hopefully a bunch more, more, more potties here. Was there any topics that we missed here that we didn't cover? Anything on your minds? Yeah, I wanted to, but I wanted King a part of this. I wanted to ask him his thoughts of seeing how this team played in Houston and then obviously seeing how they play at home. If we should have um, worked for more, you know, some of those games where we sat a bunch of guys, if we should have fought harder for home field advantage. I, I think it's a very fair question. Like, did they not push hard enough? Uh, once Correct. hundred percent. And, and you had to know too that, I mean, it, it was obvious. I mean, the Rays, you know, it got, it got interesting for a second there, but for the most part, you knew that it was going to be the White Sox and the Astros. You, I'm sure they still had their thoughts about whatever's going on down in Houston. Plus the fact just it's a really good team. It's a, it's a, it's a fair argument. I, I, Mo, what do you think? I, I think it's a, it's a fair question. I, I mean, theoretically though, maybe the Astros could be asking the same question. I don't know if they rested their guys too. Um, it, it certainly with the splits the way they are. And again, we talked about a little earlier, we're a much better team at home. Um, You know, great teams need need to be able to win on the road. And and we put ourselves in a position where we don't have that advantage, but um, 
it's certainly a valid question and hopefully not one that we're gonna <laughs> have to stew over all all off season hopefully we can uh win today and then go to Houston and uh you know defy the numbers because you know as uh one of the little kids, one of the 12 year old kids that was sitting next to me uh, said, you know, McCullers is, is looming in, in game five. So Correct, um, yeah. that, that's not an easy, uh, as we saw in game one, that guy's tough to tough to beat, especially in Houston. Yeah. And it, listen, at, at the end of the day, if you're going to, you know, point at reasons, if it, the, the White Sox come up short, it, it's going to be for reasons like Adam Eaton. Craig Kimbrell, Cesar Hernandez. I mean, those are going to be the reasons more so than anything that Tony did. I, w- I would also add to that, though, starting pitching. I, I think, Mark, you had said right uh, yeah. at one point, you know, 2005, the starting pitching was historic and historically good. Here we've been not. <laughs> and And it's really put us behind, you know, yesterday, we still gave up six runs, uh, mostly, you know, early on, obviously all early on, but our offense, you know, clubbed it. Uh, we need to get quality starting pitching today and and save the bullpen and also give our team a chance to, to take the lead. Well, I mean, this, the sad part is, is that earlier in the season, it was set up to have phenomenal starting pitching. I mean, let's not forget Rodon and um, Lance Lynn were there, there was talk about them being, you know, Cy Young award winners. So there was talk that, you know, our pitching was phenomenal, but as injuries happened and as as the season went on, that kind of fell apart. And just like Mark said, they're kind of in the same position they were last year. And that sucks. Yeah. So they really do, you know, whatever happens in the next few games, few weeks, they really do have to have a strong off season. They have to figure out the right field situation. They have to figure out the stupid second base situation, which pisses me off for a lot of reasons. And then they need to get a, a bonafide starter and and just go all in, go all in. Well, and that's like the all in question, right? Should they have been all in on a guy like Max Scherzer? If you, if they were doing it, it it would have been it would have started with Michael Kopech. Should they have done that for this year? No. Most no. people most people would say no. So. No. Maybe it's unfair criticism. Like, you know, the, 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 they're in the, <clears throat> can certainly argue the early part of the window. Uh, it's the late part of the window for guys like Carlos Rodon, but he wasn't even supposed to be on the team. Uh, the, and I don't, I don't, Courtney, I don't give him a lot of benefit of the doubt on Rodon. You, you, you had to bet that most likely this guy is going to get hurt. Oh, I said it every pod. I was yeah, holding right. my breath every single start. Right. Because, yeah, go ahead, Mo. No, 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 go ahead. I'm sorry, finish your thought. No, my, I mean, that, that is my thought. I mean, I've, I've held my breath every single time with this guy. I mean, he, he was lights out for about two months, but then the fatigue rumors started happening and his velocity went down. It's like, here we go again. So, no, he's not a guy you can, you can trust. You cannot give him a big contract. So unless he goes on the cheap for the Sox, you got to let him walk without a doubt. And my, my thing with, with what you're saying, and I don't, I don't completely disagree with either of you is Rodon was, was your fourth or fifth starter. Um, I I still go back to, you know, the, the, the plan, whether it worked, whether you agree with it was you went out and got Lynn, you had Giolito, you had Keuchel, 
and you were expecting Cease to, to, to step up, which he showed in flashes that he would, and Rodon was your fifth. Now, could they have, have done more to have a stronger fifth who wasn't such a question mark? Sure, but, I mean, look, look at the Dodgers. They went all in and got Trevor Bauer, who was, you know, the guy in terms of pitching. We won't talk about his other stuff. And for other reasons, he's not even pitching for them, right? So I, I do agree the offseason, again, is, is key. Uh, it, it needs to be the right moves. It doesn't have to be the big moves. Tapera is a great example, right? Of the three moves, he was probably the one people forget about the most. And in the playoffs, knock on wood, he's been, he's been the best. Well, the well, I'd, I'd, like to see, I'd like to see the Sox make a legitimate splash. So, I mean, go out and re-get Marcus Simeon. You know, honestly, 45 home runs in that lineup. Holy shit. Um, make up for that horrible Jeff Samarja trade. Um, I mean, they ha- I don't know what they could do about right field if they want to stay internal. I, I, I don't know. I mean, I really do like Gavin Sheets. I don't know if he can be out our regular, our regular everyday right fielder. Um, I, I don't know about pitching at this point. We are going to assume that Kopech's going to be in there. And then eventually Crochet's probably going to be in there, right? I mean, I feel like we're all kind of forgetting about that. So, I mean, there's, there's some question marks, but I do want, either way, I want to see them be aggressive. Well, and I, I wonder if, if the Kopech and Crochet moving to the pen next year or the following year also was a reason why they didn't go and sign Absolutely. another pitcher longer term. I, I do, you know, we're, we're obviously talking about the offseason and hopefully we don't have to talk about the offseason for you know, a couple more weeks and we keep winning. But, um, you know, we have Andrew Vaughn, too, and, and we got to find a way to, to put him in the lineup, whether he's your quote unquote everyday right fielder or not. Um, but but I agree, like we, we do feel like we're, we're short people, you know, backup catchers. Another one that that's just been, yeah. you know, Sebi had some great moments. Um, Collins did a, did a few things, but I, I think they are what they are. Um, you look at Maldonado, who's a defensive beast, and, you know, he's 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 helped the Astros a lot in this series. I'll just make two points here. One, one of the reasons why uh, the Cubs fizzled out is because they overvalued their own guys. And I do wonder if that's going on with Kopech. It might not be, but, it, but it's, it's definitely on the table. And the other side of it, like Trevor Bauer, okay, things went completely south and maybe he'll never pitch in Major League Baseball again. And he certainly doesn't seem like he deserves to. Uh, based on everything that's come down. But that's a type of guy where he signs a three-year deal and it's a lot of dough, but it's not eight-year dough. Like, that's the type of dude that the White Sox should have been at the top of the market for last year. He And he was very interested in, in Chicago and Tim Anderson and all of that stuff. So I... I you, Are you talking about Trevor Bauer now? Y- signing yes. with those Sox? Yeah, oh no, that was not, that was Mark. That was never going to happen. He, that guy is a clubhouse cancer. That was never going to happen. Well, but they, even, they, even minus his, his bullshit that he pulled this year. No, that was never going to happen. And thank God it didn't happen. But they went out, they went out and got Adam Eaton, who was Johnny clubhouse cancer. Like they, <laughs> not, not the same as Trevor Bauer. That's very different. Well, different, but you're also talking about top of the line, whatever. I, whatever. Yes, correct. Whatever. That, but that was, Forget the, the Bauer stuff was never going to happen. Forget Bauer. I'm talking about, and they they did the same thing with uh, Machado, and I didn't mind it at the time because I didn't think they were ready. But now, being at the top of the market to get 
you know, something that won't cost you prospects and just will cost you a lot of dough, which they can afford. That's the type of move I don't, you know, that they got to make. There's a lot of free agent pitchers out there too in the off season. And if you can get one of them for three years and you're paying them, you know, 30 to 35 million or 40, whatever, whatever the crazy number is, go ahead and do it. I mean, Jerry's got fuck you money. Can't take it with him. Enough with the principles, you know, there's, there's uh, something like that. And then oh, that changes the whole dynamic. That's not, that being said, you know, go win today or tomorrow whenever the rain goes. And uh, if you get by Houston, it'll, if, they, if they make it by the Astros, anything's going to seem possible. I agree. Fully agree. And I said that a couple of weeks ago on this pod. I was mostly worried about this series. They get past this series, especially if they win a game five. Anything goes. Momo, I hope you don't get another car accident on the way there today, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was a, a, a bit ominous, let me tell you. Like, <laughs> oh boy, we're down, we're down two games to none, and uh friend's car gets T-boned, but uh not fortunately everyone was good, everyone was safe, and uh we got to the game and, and got to experience just an amazing game and really looking forward to today's as well. Hopefully they play it. And Courtney, you should really appreciate Mo because he, this dude left early enough that he could get in a car accident and still I'm soon made it to the game on time. Uh, you know, listen, everyone knows I'm, I'm very big on punctuality and being early. Mo, I give you a lot of credit, man. And you got the pleasure of sitting next to me again for a baseball game and not just any baseball game, a playoff game. That I mean, is come true. on. Come that is on. true. And, and I got to give a shout out. King hooked me up with a parking patch, which which made, uh, especially with the uh, later arrival, uh, work out perfectly. So he's the man. Were you run one row in front of Courtney or behind Courtney? We were behind. I, I, I told her I was, you know, we were settled in or whatever. I don't, I don't know how long they were in front of us and, and we were in our seats and I happened to look down and I, I saw it happen to see her phone and there was a, a white cat picture on it. And I'm like, <laughs> I've seen that before. Okay, so was it instant? It wasn't like you walked in the aisle. So what inning are we talking? It was it was before the game started, but okay. it was I think it was uh, pr- probably after after intros. That is, I'm just... sure I'm sure I was I'm sure I was about to tweet something, and Mo just happened to look down and see my phone. So it was all meant to be. Uh, what well, what would you say was your favorite Finnicum screaming moment? Was there one? Um, you know what you know what it struck me, and and I think as I'm getting older, I'm getting more sentimental. I thought, you know, I obviously it was big for me to bring my kids to the game and, and let them experience. I didn't have tickets until yesterday. I decided to go on and get them, uh, mainly oh, because wow. of the O2 and the, the forecast for today. Um, but it was so nice that she was there sharing it with her dad. I, I know she has a lot of friends and, um, you know, tick, probably other ticket opportunities. But I, I thought it was cool she got to experience it with her dad, just like wow. I got to experience it with my kids. Mo, that's awesome. Thank you. And that's, you know, that's been our tradition for a long time. I mean, honestly, I I get, I'm a Sox fan because of my father. So this is something that I really do enjoy experiencing with him and vice versa. And I thought it was really cool seeing it, that you were with your two kids who are really honest to God, Mo, and I'm not just saying this, like they are, they're awesome. You know, I mean, first of all, I love, you know, girl athletes. So your daughter's already a badass in my, in my mind. Um, but just well-behaved, engaged in the game. They had good insights. I love that. I mean, that's how I was raised. So I, I, I just, I love that. Do you remember a top Mo child insight? Let's hear one. 
Hey, they, they, my daughter picked up on that. Uh, we didn't hear Keiko get uh, announced, which, uh-huh. which was interesting. That is interesting because normally you would still announce them, right? Yeah, they announced the the taxi squad guys. He, he oh my god, they announced Romy Gonzalez. I'm like, what yeah. the? I didn't even know he was on the taxi squad. I'm like, all right, that's that's a new one. Uh, we're, we're talking about a Dallas Keuchel trade in the off season. That's uh, that that's coming. All right, team. Uh, let's hopefully be talking about a win after uh, Game Four. Enjoy the game today and uh, go Sox. Go Sox. Go Sox. And uh, Carmen, kill it. I did, unfortunately I didn't get to see you last night, but uh, you know. Do great on on TV again. First face after after another W. That's big. I, I was smiley, happy TV guy, and uh, it was weird last night because normally I don't have a camera that's just on me, but they they did last night because it's just me and Pat and whatever. Else. I don't know what's going on in there, but uh, they're like, look at this camera, and I'm just like sitting there, like just with my hands up, like this is the greatest night in White Sox history outside of 2005. That was it was amazing. It it was a uh, I mean, just watching the crowd, it, li- it looked like literally nobody left the in- it, it, by the time that uh, however long that baseball game was. It didn't seem like everybody went home. Right? You know, my dad and I made a comment about that. You know, I mean, how how different it felt. And usually when there's 39 plus at, at that stadium, people usually leave because it's not an important game. But Sunday night, almost midnight, not one. I felt like not one person left. It was incredible. <laughs> And I looked at him and I said, El Tuve, and he could hear me because you guys have sat there with me before when I, and I'm quite boisterous. This program was recorded on tape for a live audience. And I said, El Tuve, blow me. Blow me. Blow me. gave a head nod and I said no you blow me you cheater and that was my highlight of the night Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today.